Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at Snaps Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, New Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Look, if you've listened to Snaps for a amount of time, um, you know we love talking movies, TV shows. Some of our favorite TV shows are Netflix when they do their sports behind-the-scenes documentaries. Right? Drive to Drive is incredible. Aaron, I know you love Full Swing. What do we both love? We both love football. And right now, just dropped today, Netflix is offering you unprecedented access into the day-to-day lives of NFL quarterbacks. I'll explain more about that in a little bit, right? But we are a college football show. And so now I go to you, Aaron Murray, our own SEC record holder, our personal QB1. I see Drake May. I see Michael Penix. I see Caleb Williams. Who do you think? Which Saturday star is going to be the next Sunday legend? Well, there's only one in that list that has a Heisman Trophy to his name. That's Caleb Williams from USC. And he is all the attributes you want for a quarterback. Great size, great arm strength, creativity inside the pocket. The things that scouts are drooling over at the next level. He's going to be an absolute superstar. He already is a superstar right now today. I think he may be the best draft prospect over the past decade. He is a day one starter immediately once he comes out next season. Yeah, and who knows, man? Maybe we'll be seeing Caleb Williams on the next season of quarterback. For now, the first season just dropped today, and it follows Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. And really think about the three different years these guys had. Mahomes wins the Super Bowl. Cousins wins his division. Mariota disappears on his team at the end of the year, and you get to see it all right now on Netflix. 
Go check it out today. Uh, trust me, it's awesome. Quarterback on Netflix. I dedicate my life to football. I love to compete. At this point, all that really matters is winning. White shorts, cousin, right? Clamps, two jet rip. Quarterback is more about the mental side. They're gonna come back to you. They come back six days from now and do it again and again and again. That just got me hyped up. Uh, Real talk, man. Not just because it is, you know, kind of cool to be doing ads for a company like Netflix. You know, I'm someone who normally slings like HVACs and concrete. Uh, So that's kind of cool. But like that show actually looks awesome. Like I'm excited to go check that out later. Uh, Welcome into Snaps. Thomas, Nate Dog, Greg, Bilbo, everybody else hanging out in the chat. Cody, what's up, man? Sean D. Look, I know. I know we've been gone for a little minute. Wilk, what's happened? We've been gone for a little minute or we've been, you know, we've been doing shows. So if you're listening on podcasts, it doesn't matter. We haven't been here live hanging out with you on YouTube, uh, summer moving transitions, whatever. The point is we're back today, tomorrow. And then next week, we'll figure out next week. We're going to be at SEC media days. Your boy's getting hyped. I'm T-Bob Bear. He's Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up, man? How are we feeling today? Uh, feeling good, feeling good. Yes, that Netflix documentary looks uh, absolutely awesome. Uh, I love the racing one, like you said. I love the Drive Survive. I love the tennis. I love the golf. Uh, I love all of them. So this quarterback one's going to be pretty badass. Going to have to watch that. Um, probably not tonight because my wife is not a big football fan, but next week when you and I are in Nashville, most likely then late night, going to be singing in some episodes. Maybe just cuddle up on the couch together in our bed. Ooh. I always have a fantasy, like, what if they accidentally book us in the same room? And then we're like, well, I mean, do you want to stay? Yeah, I mean, sure, I guess we could stay. And then we just end up getting to share a king bed for the entire week. Uh, that'd be fantastic. I've heard stories about how you used to treat your boys back in the day. And uh, yeah. I think I would be down for such Especially the big boys. Uh, Especially the big but boys. That's what I'm saying. That and, and speaking of which, I bet you you see that in the quarterback document. you got to take care of the big mm-hmm. boys up front. Aaron, the other day you were, uh, oh, look at Thomas. I'm finally paying for my own Netflix too. I'm officially a man. Congratulations, dude. Congrats. Congrats. Big congrats. I I Um, just got, I just, you want to hear, you want to hear some depressing news though? And I'll, I'll get off my soapbox after this. Yeah, sure. What Uh, a great way to start the show. Yeah. Give me, give me some depressing news. I know. I know. Cause we always start, we we used to BS a little bit. Here's a quick BS. Started to do it now, not later. Um, so after the fourth, we got home from a nice little five days away. Our compressor on our fridge went to shit. So our house smelled awful. All the meat, everything. I mean, we walked like, what the hell is that? Yeah. So yeah. get a new fridge. We've been waiting about six days for it to come in. It literally just got in right now. Um, luckily, my nanny's home. So she's like dealing with it at the moment. And I just got a text from my nanny with a picture that said, uh, the fridge that just got delivered has five gigantic dents in it. Uh, they need to send it back. You need to call Home Depot. So it's going to be probably another week before I get a fridge in the house. So, Ooh, oh, you got like a great, little, you got like great. a little tiny one in the interim or anything going on, or are you just going? Completely no, we fridge? have another fridge in the basement that that is like a normal oh, size fridge. So we're just having to like go up and down. Say, up and you down. might be. I was about to say you might be the only human being in the world with a nanny that doesn't have a two fridge household. So like if you have a nanny, you have more than one fridge. That is, I mean, that this is just the way of things. <laughs> um, were you at all tempted when your fridge broke to y'all? 
Uh, no, you know what you should? You should call them and be like, hey, th th this new fridge unit has a bad motivator. Do you know? Do you know what that's? Do you know that's from? No, Levi? no, no. Term. Uh, no that's, uh, that's from Star Wars. Over my head. A New Hope. A very deep cut. <laughs> it's not very that deep. deep. It's not that wow. deep. It's when they try to buy the R five unit off the Jawas when we first meet Luke and Uncle Owen, and he's rolling around, and then it pops. Up, hey, they just this R five unit's got a bad motivator. Stadium to play with some power converters. Yes, there we go, bro. This is the way. Uh, this so is anyway, the way. we did that um okay hold on now. stay focused see see you almost got me aaron with your bullshit know, to start I the know. show but we're gonna dive straight into the show with some bullshit because that's exactly what this take from aaron murray is aaron uh i need to know where you said this because our excellent executive producer and creator oh wait they're clicking the wrong thing on my phone uh and 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 you know creator of the show ryan brumley texted this to the group and it is a quote from Aaron Murray, quote, I wouldn't say, and this is talking about the UJ Bulldog schedule. I wouldn't say the schedule is that easy. I think George is just that much better than everyone else. You give that schedule to 95% of the country, and that's a nine win and three lost at best schedule. Aaron yeah. freaking Murray. Uh, look, man, I get it, you know. I'm a homer too. I do LSU stuff. So like, I, I get it. You got to pump up. Like, was that said on like a lounge dog episode? Like, where did you say this? Where was this uttered? I, I did say that on a, on a player's lounge show uh, that actually does come out tonight. Me and, and, and Brooks Austin, another big time UJ personality. Uh, we're just kind of debating about all the noise and negativity around Georgia football and the schedule's too easy and the guys drive too fast. So, you know, just defending it a little bit. And I, I, I'm not... I wasn't saying this to get to get clicks. Like I, I firmly believe if you give this schedule to 95% of the country, it's not like they're just going to run through it and it's going to be an undefeated season. Like There's tough games there that these teams were going to have winning records. These are quality opponents. South Carolina, a quality opponent. Kentucky this year, I think it's going to be a quality opponent, especially with Devin Leary, at quarterback. I think Missouri is going to be a good team. Ole Miss is a difficult game. Uh, I think actually a very good game Ole Miss is. And then at the difficult game. So I, I, I'm trying. It's not, it's not an easy I, schedule, T. Bob. It's not that easy. Give I am bursting give, give, at give, the seams. Give Texas that schedule. Give Texas oh. that schedule. What does Texas go? What does Texas go with that schedule? <laughs> you tell me, Aaron. You probably think they go undefeated <laughs> because I mean, I you know, I, I think games. Texas. I think they lose I think two Texas games. I think they go ten and two. Aaron. All right, give me another. What does Clemson go? You are no, no, no. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. First off, Clemson just, probably goes saying. fucking undefeated or one or two losses. No, like, like, no. What are you? No, what are you talking? No. You just try. We, we, we ostensibly look. No. I know this job is more about entertaining than being right, right? But at a certain point, you you push the envelope on plausibility. Did you listen to yourself? Like, I wish we had a way of replaying the last minute. Because I was bursting at the seams. There will be four teams from being the top stuff full of bull. No, no, no. Stop, 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 stop. Yes. Stop. Yes. You just tried to claim the, the Georgia Bulldog team, who is fighting for national championships, just tried to claim South Carolina, Kentucky, and Missouri as hard games. Get the fuck out Ole of here. Miss Get off the and show. Tennessee. Get off the Ole show. Miss, and Ole Miss and Tennessee. Ole what did Ole Miss do last year? Ole they started 7-0. It's like 7 Tennessee is all I will grant you. 
for the rank of tough game. Now, maybe a little bit to your point, because Georgia is so good, none of those games are tough, okay? But guess what? Yes. Every other major team that is Georgia good, they actually have a game where they could be challenged. Georgia is the only one that doesn't have a single game. Like, look at this schedule, Aaron. Show me the game where Georgia won't be a double-digit favorite. Possibly Tennessee by the end of the season. I could see Tennessee making a run this season where that game could be within 10 points. Alabama goes undefeated against this schedule. Um, Ohio State goes undefeated against this schedule. Michigan that goes 5%. undefeated against this schedule. They're in that 5%. I, I'm not talking about the 5%ers here. I'm talking about the the, the tier below. Wouldn't the, 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 those 5%ers, the Michigans, the Ohio States, the, the Georgias, the Alabamas of the world – like they should go undefeated on 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 all their schedules. Obviously, besides Ohio State, Michigan have to face each other. But what game does Ohio State have on their schedule besides Michigan, where they're not going to be also double digit favorites? Yeah, no, but they have. They, but probably they, have, but they, have they probably will versus Notre Dame. They probably will versus Notre Dame. They probably will versus Notre Dame, and and they probably will versus Penn State. So maybe one of them they're not. But it's not like it's that drastic of a difference, especially when you think of the fact that Georgia was supposed to have Oklahoma on the schedule and you say all you want about Oklahoma last year. And we're about to defend know, Oklahoma here in a second, I know. but just take Georgia away from the equation and you look at the schedule and it's you an easy say, SEC schedule. Opponent. It's still, That's, it's still an easy it's SEC still schedule. Easy. I get that. Yes, it is. It's an yes, easier it's SEC easy. schedule, but it's harder that, than that any ACC point. schedule. It's harder than any True. big 12 schedule. True. But, and this is okay. So this is where I actually have to credit you because the more we talk this out, you did the genius thing where you said something that is maybe kind of misrepresenting the truth, but you did not lie anywhere. Like you said, 95% of the country probably would lose two or three of those games because those are pretty good teams. But at the same time, when people say Georgia has an easy schedule, the, the, the implication there is easy for them, right? That they yes. will not be challenged. Yes. And so, so you're no. kind of taking advantage of the inherent strength of the SEC. So I don't, I, it's, it's actually a pretty, a pretty smart quote, but I do want to shine a light on it. Like, like, like a group of cockroaches to show it for the farce that it is uh, because Yes, it's it, it is an easy schedule. It is, and and you yeah. have Florida, who should be hard, but they're way down, and they look like they probably yeah. suck. You can Auburn tell me Kentucky, Devin Leary's going to be yes. good, but Kentucky just had a top, you know, a, a second round quarterback. They had all their running backs back, and they were awful last year. So I, I don't no. believe in them. Uh, Mizzou, no, get out of here. Okay, maybe they were tough for Georgia last year. They weren't that tough for a lot of these other schools, and then Ole Miss. So no, it's 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 an easy schedule for Georgia. You are that good, but you can't. At a certain point, you just have to eat the shit and just say F him. You know what? Yeah. It's well, what is, what is their fault? Like, is, any, is any of this their fault? Uh, no. No. It's, like, I'm it's not, the you way can't, I, like, the, I, I hate people. I hate people. Like, I, the fact, I, I just hate the fact that people are turning this into blaming Georgia for having an easy schedule. Like, it's it's their fault that the rest of the East sucks. It's their fault that That's Auburn, fair. who is a, a, a rival, is down right now and is going through a, a coaching change that they don't get LSU and Alabama or A&M from the West. Like that, that is out of their control. What is in their control and Josh Brooks is control. Who's the athletic director is the out of conference game. Well, yeah. they did have Oklahoma on the schedule and that was taken away from Fair. them because of the addition of Texas, Oklahoma. So the, the conference in general got away, gave, you know, got okay. rid of those games. So once again, I just want fans to understand this isn't Georgia's fault. This is an sec East fault and it's an sec fault for 
it's not even their fault. It's a good thing for adding Texas to Oklahoma when they did, which essentially took away these home and away games for these big time games from Texas or, or I guess Texas and Alabama are playing, but Georgia and Oklahoma. I know. So why, why is this is not Georgia's fault? This is Georgia benefiting from all those shitty circumstances that are that have kind of fallen to their lap this year. I would agree with that. So you're saying that the quote was born of defensiveness um, because you were tired of Georgia being attacked for something yeah. that was. Uh, yeah. Look, I, okay. I, 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 I can meet you there. We can compromise and uh, meet each other right there. I'm sorry. That's a weird inside joke. I have a friend who says compromise as compromise. Um, we can compromise and meet each other in the middle because uh, it's not George's fault, but objectively it's a very easy schedule. And I mean, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, I prefer like people who challenge themselves, like, you know, LSU serving the FSU, but sure, whatever. Um, speaking of Oklahoma, though, I have no idea why they kept Texas Alabama, got rid of LSU, or excuse me, got rid of Georgia, Oklahoma, but they did. But I did want to speak on the Sooners a little bit here because it's Big 12 Media Day. And we went, we, we kind of touched on the polls the other day where Texas ran away with the media voting 41 of the 67 Ooh. votes. See, the Texas Longhorns are going to win the Big 12. Uh, then I think it's about 14 for Kansas State, which good on them. That's, you know, that's, that's well-deserved. They deserve some respect. Uh, then it's Texas Tech and Oklahoma at four apiece. Yep. TCU fifth with just three votes. A couple of things to point out here. First off, a bit disrespectful to TCU. Uh, I was shocked to learn that out of the past 14 years, uh, half of them, TCU has finished in the top seven in the country, has finished the season in the top seven, have the last 14 years. Kind of weird to think about on that. Second thing to point out here, Texas Tech is building a pretty nice program over there. Yeah. Like, I, I do not understand. I talked about it on Off the Bench this morning. I do not understand the Texas football economy. Like, they have enough high school players so that A&M, Texas, and Oklahoma can all have top 10 recruiting classes. And then there's still enough players for Baylor. There's still enough players for Texas Tech. Yeah. They love football so much and have so much money that every single player on Texas Tech gets $50,000. Like, it's kind of shocking how overwhelmingly large the Texas football economy is. But now, let's get to Oklahoma. Because, you know, good on Texas Tech. But why? When I look at Tech, why, Aaron? Does Oklahoma have so much more doubt surrounding them compared to that of Sark and Texas? Well, I, I do want to close the loop real quick. A question was asked in the chat okay. from Cody about why did UGA have to cancel versus so OU, yet Texas and Alabama at the face? That's because they played a game last year. So they're able to get both games, one in, in Austin uh, and then this I year see. in Tuscaloosa, where the Georgia-Oklahoma was going to be this year and next year. So they couldn't essentially do a home-and-home with both teams being a part of different conferences. That's the big difference, which I think Sean D uh, just jumped in the chat as well uh, and answered that somewhat as well. So thank you, Sean, for that in the chat. Uh, back to your question, T-Bob, about why is Oklahoma not getting enough love compared to Texas? I, 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 I still struggle this myself because I don't know why, and I know you got a better grasp on Oklahoma and, and their brand and everything they've accomplished. I get it. I just don't view Oklahoma as a monster brand for some reason when it comes to them what? versus Texas. So I still think Texas what? is such a behemoth in my mind that people give them more credit. Um, I think people saw the product on the field last year. While it might not have been great, obviously it was better than Oklahoma. They thrashed Oklahoma. They returned yeah. a lot of starting potential on both sides of the football. It was an elite defense, a really good defense. 
their elite talent at receiving position. And you have a quarterback that I still think a lot of people are buying into where you look at Oklahoma and you say, okay, not a great defense. Could it be better this year? Yeah, will it be better? We, we hope so. A good quarterback. And there's a lot of question marks at the, at the, at the, the skill position spot. I just think there's a lot of question marks right now when it comes to Sooners heading into the season where I don't think there's a – the only question of Texas is can they reach their potential? That's it. It's not a question of do they have a quarterback? Do they have receivers? Do they have a defense? Do they have five-star running backs? No, they have all of that. And they have a lot of so those that are proven doing- or that they have, they have – those positions are proven that they could play okay. at a high level. It's now can they can they – can they maximize that for a 12-game season? Where once again, Oklahoma, a lot of those positions, yes, are four and five stars, but they haven't necessarily shown us that they could play at that four or five-star level. That's the disconnect. Uh, I think it's pretty – I didn't really think about that. So Texas did have a very good defense last year, despite yes. the fact that Sark's an offensive guy, and they only went eight and five. Oklahoma's offense when Gabriel played last year wasn't bad, but they had an awful defense despite the fact that Venables is a defensive guy. So it's kind of like, okay, which head coach can get their side of the ball? They're supposed to be masters. I'm like, which head coach can get him going? Um, This is where I'm at with Burt Venables. You know I'm not a believer. Uh, You know I'm a doubter of of both Who do you believe in more, though? I don't know. I don't know. I think this. I think that I believe that Sark is not a very good head coach. I think I think there is more than enough evidence to show that. Um, I think that I don't know with Brent Venables. So in a weird way, Brent Venables is starting to occupy the space in my brain that Anthony Richardson left, right? Where, remember pre-draft, we're talking about Anthony Richardson. It's like, look, we've tried plenty of great quarterbacks in the NFL that end up sucking. So why not go with the guy that's never even really played quarterback? and see how he does it. in the same way. It's like, I've seen plenty of good coaches go to big schools and fail. So why not kind of believe in the guy who's never been a head coach and maybe he'll be, a, it'll be good. So I look, I actually don't know. I think it's a huge wild card. He could be way worse than Sark. Like, like at least I do believe that Sark will be stable. I would be shocked if Sark had another losing season at Texas. Um, and with Venables, he could do that. But Venables' ceiling could also potentially be higher. I'll tell you this. I didn't think Venables could recruit, and he's proved me really wrong there. I mean, just earlier this yep. week, they get Devon Mitchell, a five-star tight end out of Los Alamitos, yep. California, originally from Texas. He's going to reclassify into the 2024 class. Uh, but, like, recruiting has been a problem. They've absolutely murdered it in the transfer portal. He did a pretty impressive Brian Kelly-esque job of completely turning over this Oklahoma roster. So I think um, I think there's potential there, right? Uh, I think there's – here's a little fun. Well, they also I mean, have an easy schedule too, though. They also have an easy yeah, oh, yeah, schedule. Yes, yes, I think, I think, yes, I think there is an schedule, opportunity yeah. an opportunity for him to make a massive step from a 6-7 and seven team last year. Yeah. To a team that could be fighting for ten wins, like I think you're. You, no, they should. I think win it's more likely. Years. It's it's more they likely should. for Oklahoma to get to ten wins than it is for Texas to get to eleven or twelve with a bowl game. Like I do think Texas is a better team. I think Texas has an opportunity to be eleven and one, to be fighting for a playoff spot, to to get twelve, you know, twelve wins with with winning the Big Twelve Conference. Like I think Texas is good enough to do that. But if I had to put my money on Texas going 11-1, and 
12 and one with winning the Big 12 or Oklahoma being 10 and two, 10 and three this season, I'd probably lean towards Oklahoma because of the schedule. I think they, yeah, they, they, you they, could see a team go from six and seven to 10 and two based only on the fact that they have a schedule right now that lines up beautifully. Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, mm -hmm. Iowa State. You get the big one versus Texas. That's the one that I would say Texas wins that game. That's the one. That's the first one where you you you, you probably lose. UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU, and TCU. Like, that's great. I mean, that is easy. Brent Venables that, better man. be in the Big Twelve Championship. Brent Venables and Steve Sarkeesian mm. should be facing each other in the Big Twelve Championship. If they aren't, they both failed. They both have better rosters than the rest of the conference combined. They both have returning quarterbacks. Brent Venables got an entire offseason to fix his defense, which I love this quote. If we just get better on defense, this is from Venables, if we just get better on defense, we're going to win 10-plus games and have a chance to compete and hang a banner up at the end of the year. Well, no shit, because last year it couldn't have been much worse. They played the third most snaps in the FBS defensively. They gave up the most first downs in the FBS, 335. Ooh. They gave up nearly 500 yards per game in Big 12 play. They had the second most missed tackles in the Big 12. Here's what's crazy. OU's defense has never been good, and yet last year's version was the worst run defense since yep. 2012. Okay, so mm -hmm. like, yeah, Venables better get it fixed. Now, that said... Like USC, they have done massive amount of works in the uh, in the transfer portal, trying to fix that front seven. Ton of upperclassmen, fourth year guys, fifth year guys. Like they bring in Rondell Buthrod, a guy who has thirty one starts. He's a captain over there at Wake Forest. Uh, Desan McCullough, a twenty twenty two freshman All American coming in from Indiana, a linebacker. So so he's 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 done work, and the defense should be better. And then it comes down to. Dylan Gabriel. And I'm, I'm kind of becoming a bit of a Gabriel yeah. believer here. There was a, a piece the other day read in The Athletic where it was said that uh, Gabriel sat down with Jeff Levy. They rewatched all 12 games. Then they rewatched the entire season again, sorting by concept, sorting by protection. He said that process took weeks and a lot of intense introspection, you know, really looking at yourself, where your flaws were. That's That's how you get better. And so yep. we'll see. With I'm not worried the about him, though. I'm not worried about Dylan Gabriel. You're not worried about Dylan Gabriel. Well, like, if you're not worried about Gabriel, he, then they should be the second best team in the Big 12. No, 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 no. I'm worried about the skill. Once again, like, hmm. he's solid. He's got to stay healthy. We saw the massive drop off last year when he got hurt. You know, just go turn on the Texas tape. It's like, my God. Like, I, I've never seen a place like Oklahoma, which has had Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, first picks in the draft quarterbacks. One had to get a transfer quarterback. Actually, there are two quarterbacks last year. They're one and two. We're both transfer quarterbacks. I know it sucks because you lost, you know, one quarterback, each quarterback to the USC is on different coasts, one to South Carolina, one to USC. But the fact that you weren't at least stockpiled with elite talented quarterback spot, that you have two transfer guys and the one goes down, and it was just like you fell off a cliff offensively when it comes to points per game and effectiveness at that position was kind of scary. They got a five-star guy. I don't know if he's going to be ready if Dylan does Jackson down. Arnold. He's an early, he's an early yeah. enroll lead, which yeah. helps. We'll but yeah, to see I don't so. Know. Yeah. Dylan's not a big kid. He's undersized. Um, so there's always a, a, a higher probability of getting hurt. I hope he does it. Knock on wood for Oklahoma fans' sake. But he doesn't have a lot of guys around him, which is also – an interesting spot. Like I think Oklahoma, I think offense, I think points, I think quarterback play, I think elite receiver play. And and right now you lose Eric Grant running back, you lose Mims at the receiving position. And 
then it's like, who's up next? Drake Stoops? Is that next? Farouk? Is he next? Like, none of these guys scream, just like the problems with Alabama right now. None of these guys are top three, four, five round NFL guys. Like, there isn't the talent on the outside that gives me confidence that the offense could be the exact same it was last year as hopefully the defense, which which makes it to the point of what he said earlier and what you brought up, the defense has to be better this year because well, the offense yeah, is not going to I mean, be as prolific as they were last year. <laughs> you really don't think so with another year on task. Like, and I, I know that we may not know the names of the skill position. Like you said, they may be unproven, but you know they're talented. I just, I don't buy it. The Big 12 does not play good defense. Like, like they, they, the offense should be very good. It's just give Brent Venables gets that. Uh, get, you get the, the one thing that falls completely flat with me on the Venables front is the talk of culture. Uh, because how can you sit there and claim that you took over a bad culture when you arguably took over the winningest culture the past 25 years? Yeah. And then you had the worst year in 25 years. Like, like no one, like, miss me. With the we had to remake the culture, and you know they didn't know what's expected of. Like, well, what the fuck? Oklahoma's been winning. They won well, six Big Twelve championships in a row recently. Yeah, I, I don't think he was necessarily saying it was a bad culture. It's just it's a different culture. It's it it is it is going from an offensive mindset, which is a little bit softer, to look at what USC was this year. To <laughs> I, would I mean, the, last defense, year as tougher. You, you've been, you have been. Yeah, I sure I get that, <laughs> but it's still a changing process. You can't tell me you've been around enough offensive-minded coaches and defensive-minded coaches in your in your day to know how they want to run a program. It's vastly different. It is vastly different yeah. when a defensive when a defensive coach is a head coach. The way you work out, the way you practice, the way you meet, everything is different compared to when an offensive-minded coach is a head coach. So yes, the culture had to be changed to what he thought would be best. Not, I don't think he was necessarily saying once again that it was a bad culture like you alluded to. It was a great culture. They were winning. It just wasn't the the mindset of a defensive minded head coach. Well, that's a little concerning to me then, because that is like I want a coach who's a bit malleable. I want a coach who can look at the pieces yeah. and say, "Hey, how do I best employ those pieces?" The the jamming the square peg in the round hole is never a recipe for success. And yeah. so again, as you can tell. This is all not to say that I believe in Brent Venables, although, again, he proved me very wrong, continues to prove me wrong in the recruiting trail. So that's a big feather in his cap at Winardi. But, mm -hmm. uh, but, but I just don't understand the full-on belief in Texas and the full disbelief in Oklahoma when Oklahoma still has a lot going for it. Uh, Greg Lamont says, USC, talking about uh, Southern Cal, USC 2022 is any different than USC 2009 2021 how okay again we talked about this before you know how they're different lincoln riley guys yeah. clay helton are you fucking kidding me who is clay mm. helton lincoln riley go look at the resume like maybe usc's defense isn't it this year maybe the pac-12 is too good but again Look at what Lincoln Riley does. USC is going to be a problem going forward. You have to, yes. you have to come to accept yes. this. Yeah, um, he means in he says he means in terms of mentality. Uh, I would say in terms of mentality again, Lincoln Riley. It may be a softer offensive mentality, like Aaron's talking about, but it is still more cohesive of a vision. What Lincoln Riley brings to bear. Yeah, yeah. There, it's a brand. There's a brand. There, there is a brand being built at USC that that that, that kids can kind of feel. 
and touch and see. I think that that that's something you can sell. There's a, there's a sale there. And there was a sale for Oklahoma for so long. I mean, he could go out there and recruit top tier talent on offense. And what could he sell them? You're going to be part of one of the best offenses in America. You're yeah. going to score a lot of touchdowns. You're going to get drafted. And if you're a quarterback, you're going to win a Heisman. When's the last time that you could sell something at USC? He can sell that. True. He can sell the the USC Trojan brand. He can sell living in Los Angeles, as we saw with you know the defensive tackle who left Georgia to go to LA, and he's living in a penthouse in, in downtown Los Angeles. You could sell offense. You can sell Heisman Shut trophies. Up, Bear, you can sell being a part of the Big Ten Conference now. Like there are all these selling points which they haven't had since Pete Carroll left. That's what the difference is. Uh, Bill Kibbe says the Pac-12 being too good. Raffle. Um, Pac-12 is going to be good this year. It's going to be very good. Yeah, I mean, what's the most important position in football there, Bill? Quarterback. Where's all the best quarterbacks, save for Drake May, in the Pac-12? Uh, Dan mm-hmm. Landon's got to figure it out at Oregon. He's got Bo Nix back. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, Washington, and Michael Penix Jr. return everybody offensively, and they won 11 games last year. Yep. Oregon State went 10-3 and three and beat the fuck out of Florida in a bowl game 30-3. to three. Uh like that's yeah, a good. Can, like, I, I don't know if you can bring up that game. Florida had like thirty players on the roster at the time of the game. Like, that's, I'm so sick of Florida. Why does Florida get to make all these excuses? Whatever. I'm just show, saying. Show, show I want to take pride in being. Don't take pride in being the kid that you know is 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 you know already got his ass. I'm put. just. I'm. I'm just pointing out. Oregon State won ten games and dominated Florida in the bowl game. That I'm that has value. And, now, and they got Even DJU now. They got DJU. You got Cam Rising at Utah, who's yeah. a hell of a Yeah, and then there's Utah, who's just won the damn Pac-12 the past yeah, two Yeah, who's years. won it. You got Jaden Delora at Arizona. I'm not, I know Arizona's not yep. scary, but that's a great – that's a very good court. It's a very – it is a. It is more talented than it's ever been, and, 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 and I would say – JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order, visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. 
They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At least a decade when it comes to elite play, really good coaching, and and I would say two or three teams that could make a run for for a playoff berth. That being Washington, Oregon, and USC, obviously. Bill keeps said of the Pac-12 matchup against the SEC, top to bottom, who would dominate? I mean, I think the SEC comes out ahead, but I don't think this year, on any given year, a lot of other years they get this year. I think it would be closer than you think. Um, no. Uh, Nate Dog says, if not for Bryce Young, Lincoln Riley would have four Heisman quarterbacks on his resume. I, that's funny. I think by Bryce Young, you meant Joe Burrow. And Nate Dog, I'm just using this as a point to get to this because we're talking about Caleb Williams. We're talking about his potential um, yeah. entering this season. Aaron, when's the last time you looked at the Jalen Hurts year under Lincoln Riley? Not that that's not who Caleb Williams is, but I just want to bring yeah. up again because Joe Burrow made all of this get erased. Jalen yes. Hurts, this is to reinforce the coach that Lincoln Riley is. Jalen Hurts, after transferring in to join Lincoln Riley in one year, completed 70% of his passes. He threw for 3,800 yards, 11 yards per attempt, 32 touchdowns, eight picks. He ran for 1,300 yards, averaging five and a half yards a carry and 20 oh. more touchdowns. This God. man accounted for 275 to the air and 92 on the ground, a game, a game. Mm. And he scored 52 touchdowns. And yeah, we don't remember him because Joe Burrow. Like yep. Lincoln Riley is a fucking dog and he's done it mm -hmm. with so many different quarterbacks and he's going to keep doing it. So, you know, just, I mean, if, if you're, if you're, if, if I'm a top quarterback, the thought of the thought of being a quarterback in an NIL era with a guy that has had that many Heisman Trophy quarterbacks in Los Angeles, oh, man! Oh. I mean, if who you, imagines what kind if of? If you got a chance, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be, ooh, I'd be in trouble, boys. I'd be in trouble. <laughs> Matt Leiner would be in trouble. Uh, Matt Leiner, where she played right was. now. Matt Leiner yeah, probably already Leiner. was in trouble. I'm, I'm sure Matt yes. Leiner was getting paid uh, back in the day. I'm sorry, Matt. I don't know. I mean, I don't know for, that, for real, uh, but probably. Um, hey, one one quick thing, yeah. real quick, because we got a nice, yeah, we got go nice ahead. little uh, live watchers today. As we continue to grow this YouTube channel, we do appreciate everyone tuning in live. Uh, just because, like T Bob and I are doing right now, we love to interact. We love that to answer your questions. Make sure you continue to to chat it up. But take a quick second 
And please, please, please hit that thumbs up button. Uh, season's yep. right upon us. We're getting excited. We're trying to grow this channel uh, to get as big of a reach as possible. So by you guys chatting and you guys liking it, hitting that thumbs up really goes a long way. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. That's a good professor. Remember, we live in a day and age where the algorithmic gods rule our existence. Um, I had to have a real look in the mirror moment when Amazon was putting um, big boobed anime mouse pads on my kind of suggestions for things to me to purchase. At first, I kind of tweeted about like, hey, well, how is this? And then everybody's like, well, it's probably on you. And uh, yeah, so I had to change. The, the, the point is, algorithms rule everything. Help us grow the show. Mm -hmm. Liking it, subscribing, that all really, really helps. Um, and if you're into anime, big boob mouse pads, that's okay, man. That's okay. Live your truth, okay? It's 2023. We're, we're allowed to be into whatever we're into. There's no kink shaming here on Snaps. Oh, that's, a, that's a core rule. Um, okay, there's two other. There's a couple other things I want to get to. We're going to pick out some of our favorite helmets. Uh, <laughs> common cell phone T-Pop says, Greg, fair. Uh, yeah, I know. I do do that a lot. It's, it's like when I didn't realize that sometimes Twitter likes got fed into other people's feeds and it would say like t-bob Aver like this and i was just liking a lot of thick thoughts Ooh. you know and uh luckily finally oh. one of my friends was like you've got to stop this keeps getting put onto every this is publicly this is publicly viewed i was like oh shit okay okay you're right got to really learn from the guy from uh what position was he at michigan who just got in trouble and fired like a month ago Oh, I don't know. I wait. Did I somehow miss a story about liking Insta thoughts and getting fired? No, I don't. I don't. I'm yeah. not. I'm not sure. He he got. I thought yeah. he was like changing grades or something. I, I'm not sure. No. Um, Bulma boots everywhere. Yeah. See, Thomas gets it. Shout out DBZ. You know, that's how you end up with it on your algorithm, though. Uh, college football nerds at CFB nerds. This is a Twitter account that I enjoy. Um, he, they, they had an interesting food for thought, Aaron. I'm going to read this. They said, many think college football playoff expansion increases parity, but the data suggests the opposite. Uh, in this thread, we'll show you the data, the consequences, and share one good thing the expanded playoff spring. They basically go on to surmise that while the playoffs, you think they increase parity because they allow more teams to enter, that you could also argue that with so many teams getting in, with 12 teams getting in, that instead of increasing parity, you're just giving mulligans to the best teams, right? So Alabama, instead of it mattering that they lost to LSU last year, or instead of the kick six mattering, it doesn't. They still make the playoff, and they still yep. get to go, and you have to beat them again. It's like trying to kill the zombie that just won't die in one of these movies. Or, or like when Purdue just absolutely blew out Ohio State in a 12-team playoff, doesn't matter. Ohio State's still making... The playoffs, so it's it's a bit of interesting food for thought. And well, I still, it still enjoy gets the best team. Playoff. It still gets yes, the best team does. in there. Like like like, but it, okay, but does it, but does it devalue the regular it season? No, it doesn't. Like, like the NFL, like it, it is. It is. I think people don't understand. Like, it is not easy, obviously, to win twelve games. It's not easy to get up for your job every single day. And and think that you're going to perform a plus 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 like th these are 18 to 20 year old kids. They're going to have a shitty day every now and then. They're going to have a shitty Saturday and they're going to lose. Doesn't make them a team that can't is not good enough to win a national championship. It just means they had a really bad Saturday. They're fucking human. We're all human. We have yeah. bad days. So like, I love the fact 
that you can have a human moment as a team and have a bad day and that not cost you an opportunity to still prove to the country that you're the best team in America. It happens to okay. all of us, man. Okay. Like, no, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, I guess, I guess I feel, but like, but are, but are we, are we more friendly to that interpretation because the schools that we follow and talk about are in the club, you know, like, LSU our schools are also the, the ones that have too. more talent that probably are are considered one of the best teams in America. Yeah, but hasn't it been like, kind of one of the I nice still want to crown the best team. Okay, yeah, yeah. If a I team's mean, bad, they're going to lose more than one game. Like a team's not yeah. going to just fumble around and, and futz and putts and somehow end up 11-1 and one, uh, and you just say, oh, they just had one unlucky game. If you're a great team and you're a team that deserves to get in, you're still going to be 10-2. and two. You're going to be 11 no. 1. You're going to be 12 0. Like, you can't get lucky 12 weeks out of the year. You got to be elite. And yeah, you may have one bad week. You may have a close second loss. Like, Alabama was a perfect example last year. I covered them in their bowl game uh, versus Kansas State. That was a great football team led by two guys that got drafted number one and number three overall in the NFL yeah. draft. Yeah. Like, they lost both games by a two point conversion and a last second field goal on the road mm -hmm. against two other teams that were too. great. Yeah. Like you can't tell me that that team in a 12 team playoff wouldn't deserve to still be one of the 12 teams fighting for a championship that they didn't have the talent or the team or the coaches have to get in there. They did maybe not a four team right. playoff, but a 12 team playoff. Hell yeah, they did. Okay. You know, you've kind of brought me around on this and Greg raises an excellent point as well. Uh, he also, this also encourages big time programs to schedule big time games. Fair. And I'm always hammering, you know, get rid of cupcake games. I want only quality every single week. And this would yep. encourage teams to do that because you have more margin of error. And I guess the other part that would maybe work against the college football nerds yeah. here, which is a great account, you should all go follow it at CFP Nerds, is that it may be giving mulligans to that group of excellent teams. But like Aaron's saying, those are probably the teams that deserve it anyway. And those are the only teams capable of winning the natty. Right. Like, like if you're outside that group and, and, and also what cannot be ignored is we're going to get games like, um, like Oregon at Tennessee in like a first round playoff game. And that's going to be sick or vice versa, like yeah. Tennessee going to Eugene. So, so it is a bit of a have and have nots situation. Um, but you've kind of convinced me that I, I feel good. The only thing that I, I take away that I, I feel good the, again now. Yeah. The one thing that I, I will agree with them on that is is the the automatic bids for conference champs. Like I I, I get that. Like I don't, you don't like you can't see. I love that. I don't like it where 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 they're being placed. Like I don't think a a say you have two conference champions. Say you have a Texas that's ten and two. Uh, say a a Clemson that's eleven and two. You know, a two-loss team just because you won your conference. One essentially, one of those would still get a top-four seed. Which I don't know if, if if you lost two crappy games, but yet won your conference. Why should you get a first-round buy? I still should be ranked essentially one through twelve. Wherever you lay, you lay. If if the best three teams in the country all come from one conference, then they should go one through three, and they should benefit from having the best seasons in America. Not hey, one through four is going to be reserved for conference champions. If the conference uh, okay. championship is it is not great compared to another team, 
I don't think they should deserve to go in there. But it does. So I do like it, though, because I like conference championships. And if you don't at least have the buy on the line, then you've just completely devalued them. Like, if you don't even have the buy up for the grabs, they are. No, no, they are. That's what I'm saying. This is like like the last vestige, though. This is like the last benefit to why should I give a fuck about this conference championship is, oh, you get a bye week. And think about the value of a bye week at that point in the year. And quite frankly... But you also get a bye week if you're playing a conference championship game. You get a bye week then if you know you're going to get in. Well, which Power 5 does not play in a conference championship now, though? Don't they all? Yeah, they all play. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, what's the point of what's the point of a conference champion? Like, I would rather be eleven. I would I rather be LSU. Hang a 11. banner, dude, to be the fucking to be the con to be the oh, coming from the fucking fan, guy who last year wouldn't travel to Atlanta because he didn't care about winning putting a fucking banner oh, up because whatever it's just go, the SC championship game. You're like you're you're like you, you're, can't, you know you what can't you do you know what you do. This. Have you ever heard the term henpecked? I feel like I'm being henpecked over not traveling to Atlanta. Okay. That's like an old country turn where you, where your spouse just won't stop fucking needling you. Hello, Aaron. I've explained why I didn't go to Atlanta and I don't need to do it again. It's because LSU fans are fucking smart and they knew that this overachieving nine and three team that just got their teeth kicked in by Texas A&M didn't stand a fucking chance against Georgia last year. Okay. That's just the truth. It sucks. Okay. I'm sorry that LSU fans could be objective and could recognize that it, it was not worth it to spend thousands. Money's hard to come by in this state, okay? Our state economy, Dude. y'all fucking took the movie industry from us with your tax breaks, Georgia, okay? And now you got Marvel and Walking Dead and all that shit over there, okay? No, I'm sorry we didn't waste $2,000 going to watch the team lose 50 to 30. Yeah, and I had a child. Dude. I guess this is this will be an interesting topic for the future. I don't know if we want to dive into it right now, but yes, you do have a child. I mean, do we do we keep conference championship games? Like as we get further and further along in this twelve team playoff, uh, are we know. going to see teams like baseball? Because someone just brought up your your LSU Tigers. Like no one cares. Like if you're an elite baseball team, you could give two shits about yeah. about. But it's a little bit different because there are that you're you're worried about the arm of your pitcher and rotation, all that stuff. Like it's a little bit different than football. No, but in baseball and basketball, but, but conference still, tournaments still, don't matter as much nothing. to me as regular season no. tournaments. Yeah, as re- nope. like regular nope. season SEC champs in baseball, huge accomplishment. It means over thirty conference games, you came out on top. That is massive. I don't care about the tournament. Same thing in basketball. And to your point, Aaron, maybe we get a few years into this experience and we kind of look around and we're like, Hey, what are we doing guys? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like we can, we can probably get rid of these. Um, yeah. uh, Brum, uh, do you want to do helmet or the Texas, the video of Quinn Ewers helmet helmet? Okay. So earlier, uh, our own Danny Cardenas, where did it put my phone? Actually, I sent it by the way. Oh, it wasn't Danny. That's in it. You sent it. No. Okay. Aaron Murray sent an ESPN post discussing the best helmets in all of college football. We'll go through our top three. Aaron, uh, you get to draft first. Who do you like the best? Ooh, top three. Um, I'm going to go my number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we're going to do number okay. three, top three. Uh, the one that I love the most would be the NC State Wolfpack Red with the big wolf on the side. That's pretty, oh, okay. pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nice like pull. One. Yeah. Um, if only NC State could ever actually follow through on their potential. Like everybody yeah. kept thinking they were such a sexy pick to win the ACC, and then they just completely. We're going three to one, right? Three to one. That's my number three. 
Okay. Uh, my number three would be <sighs> Tennessee. I thought about this. But yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about how I want to ring them. My number three would be Tennessee. I know a lot of people think, well, I don't know what a lot of people think. You know me. I love medieval shit. And Tennessee's orange and the white and then the checkerboard in the field, everything about them just feels like a knight, like a medieval mm -hmm. lord's house. And uh, just that clean, crisp orange tea on the white helmet, I actually really enjoy. So I'll pick Tennessee, third best helmet in the country. Uh, as for Polly right here, I'm going Notre Dame for my number two. Oh, that's my uh, number two as well. Yeah, it's just I'll let you kind of hit on it too, but it's just um, between Rudy and everything else. It just it, it just to me, I look at it and I think it's like good old just traditional football. Um, makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. It's the uh, it's the gold to me. It's yeah. that gold, that true gold spray paint that just fucking shines and maybe it is just mm. that stupid scene in rudy where they're like spray painted but yeah. talking about it but but yeah uh that's my that's my number two as well uh for me number one michigan wolverines dude oh you took something. mine yes oh. let's go dude actually fuck i want to change my number three from tennessee Tulane should probably be number three. Tulane's uh, got really, really good helmets. Yeah, the the the, the blue helmet with the serving pelican and meal brings up is great. But anyway, number one, Michigan Wolverines. It's classic. It's got a bit of yeah. dynamism with the um, kind of shape. I don't know what that is supposed to. It's it's are there supposed to be like Wolverine stripes? I suppose. Um, I, so. I like the maize and yellow color combination. That's technically what those colors yep. are. Um, it, okay, I guess this one is. Michigan is somehow classic while not feeling old and tired, uh, which yep. I find to be deeply impressive. I feel I, I forgot which game it was. I don't know if it was Madden. I'm pretty sure it's NCAA, but you could create essentially a new university or a new uniform, whatever it was. And I would always use that style uh, to create yep. my new uniform. So like it just has always been one of my favorite styles, um, obviously different color combination, but the overall style has to go number one for me. Uh, okay, so maize is yellow. So I thought maize was blue, I think. So maize is yellow. That makes sense because maize has something to do with corn. corn. I should know this, right? I mean, I'm the huh? I'm the corn hub guy. How'd I you are? I know. By the way, wow. buy your corn hub merch for football season. Get ready, boys. Cause look, all I'm saying is invest in Nebraska while the while the stock is cheap, okay? Because five to Smart. six weeks in. The bandwagon is going to be rolling. Price are going to be skyrocketing. And we're going to be counting our corn futures, just fucking stacking cash. Well, all y'all are going to be out there buying in. You're cutting, no, no. Invest in Nebraska now. Um, Trent Ritchie says maize and maize isn't the same word. T Bob, well, now I'm confused. I don't, I don't know. You're telling me maize corn and maize the color are different, but the color is yellow? How does that make any sense? Uh, Greg says T Bob's going to be so annoying if Nebraska's good. I think he meant when. Nebraska's good. Um, well, I think that'll do it for today's show. Um, Brum, could you hit the Quinn Ewers video on the way out here? Mm, and I want the chat to tell me, does this make you – And uh, do we have the sound with it? I mean, I guess we don't have to have sound with it, but uh, does this video make you more or less impressed with Texas? Thank God for my God. That is one awesome, awesome.
awesome uniform. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Like, that is I look a seventy-five energy video, bro. That is <laughs> between that, the shirtless pictures of the quarterbacks from the other day for Texas. I mean, I'm buying stock hard right now. Let's I'll, go. Look, I'll Hook give Arch this. Hook him. Arch is Arch is fucking jacked. How come you never looked like that in college, Aaron? Um, because I wanted to be a quarterback and not a weightlifter. Oh yeah, tell him. Tell him. Oh, do you say? Wait, is this is this our take for tomorrow? Is is Arch Manning Brady Quinn two point Is he two Jack Tebow? Yeah, uh, Will Levis. Yeah, like, I think quarterbacks need to learn. Look at Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. Drew Brees, yeah. your boy down there in New Orleans. Like they Got were it. flexible. They weren't jacked. They were strong in the right places. Like this isn't a. You're not a weightlifter. You're not supposed to be, you know, trying to pick up chicks on the beach. You need to be lean, flexible, and 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 quick twitched. Wow. Too much Where muscle, else would, you can't. You can't. Yeah. Where else would lean flexibility and quick twitch muscles come into play, Aaron? Probably something else you were pretty good back back in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. QB one, baby. Field, baby. QB one. All right. Yeah. You can't can't turn it off. Can't turn it off. Uh, hey, we love you. It's so much fun being back live, and uh, we will be back live tomorrow. So uh, look forward to that. Um, and then we got SEC Media Days coming up next week, which I, I can't promise you exactly what the plan is going to be. I can promise you I believe it's going to be a lot of fun. So as yep. always, a massive thank you to Ryan Brumley, Paul Ferry, to Pat Gunner, Danny Carnes, Adam Gracia. Huge, massive thank you to The Volume and Papa Colin for having us here. And uh, we will see you again tomorrow. Uh, please, again, subscribe, youtube.com slash at volume snaps. Hit the like button. Thank you, Bill. Um, and then if you listen to Pod, Spotify, Apple, share with your friends, rate and review. We love you, and we'll see you tomorrow. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.